I'm Katie. And I'm Steve. And this is the City of Reading Podcast. Raba is on a roll in 2024. Today, we connect with Reading Area Bus Authority Transit Manager John Ando to discuss the short-range transit plan. What is it exactly, and why is it essential for RABA's future success? John will answer these questions and update us on some exciting plans for RABA, including new electric buses, on-demand shuttle service, and an enhanced mobile app, just to name a few. We also talked about future connections to Sacramento and beyond, and the new Reading Airport service. It's hard not to feel optimistic about the new path RABA is on. Good afternoon. I'm John Ando, Transit Manager with the Reading Area Bus Authority. And I'd like to talk about the short-range transit plan that the Reading Area Bus Authority is about to undertake. Thank you, John. It's great to connect with you again for the topic of the short-range transit plan. And maybe we'll just dive right in. What exactly is a short-range transit plan and, and why does RABA need one? Generally, transit systems across the country prepare a short-range transit plan or a transit development plan that lays the foundation for what the transit system is going to do as it relates to service operations, finances, and capital needs over a course of five to 10 years. Uh, RABA has been doing one since its inception in uh, 1981. And the purpose of this short-range transit plan is to lay the foundation for how RABA is going to conduct its business for the next five years. Got it. And when you say short-range transit plan, does this plan, you mentioned five to 10 years, does this eventually lead into a long-range transit plan or short-range is what it is and every five to 10 years it gets reevaluated and redone? Basically, short-range is basically what it is. There is a long-range transit plan that was done by our Metropolitan Planning Organization and Trans Regional Transportation Planning Agency. They're called the Shasta Regional Transportation Agency. And that looks at how transit would operate in Shasta County through 2040. So in the preparation of our short-range transit plan, we took into consideration some of the things that were mentioned in that long-range transit plan. What motivated the need for this short-range transit plan at, at this time? Is it just, it's been five or 10 years since the last one, so it, it's time? Or it's new and, and innovative and exciting things are happening, and so it's time to revisit that? Both. And also... Our ridership has significantly declined over the last 10 years. So it's time that we look at doing something different with the public transit system. And this short-range transit plan will look at new innovative solutions and being able to move people across Shasta County. On that note, talking about the ridership and maybe the need for higher ridership numbers, how has the local community been involved in the development of the transit plan thus far? And how can they continue to be involved? So this plan has been on the books and being worked on for the past two years, we've gathered feedback by doing various surveys to stakeholders, riders, Shasta College, to get feedback on the current, the state of the current transit system and what they would like to see in a future transit system. We then uh, had our consultant team, which is LSC Transportation Consultants out of Tahoe City, prepare techni technical memorandums that looked at existing conditions looked at alternatives to be considered, and then basically the preparation of a final draft on what direction we should go based on the review of the data and the feedback that has been received. And with that community feedback, what type of specific challenges or maybe opportunities have you identified uh, through what you've received? What we've looked at is that it takes a long time to traverse Shasta County on the transit system, so it doesn't make it appealing for travel. We've learned that since COVID-19 has occurred, most people are working remotely. 
or particularly they're not going to Shasta College in person anymore. So it negates the need of having to use transportation to get somewhere. And then we've also learned that now people have moved across the county and in this case, in some cases, have some cities have lost population from the previous census. The need for transit in certain areas of the county may no longer be the case. Interesting, which makes sense. So I guess you touched on a couple of maybe those initial challenges or things to, to look at adjusting or tweaking. What are the key initiatives outlined in the plan thus far in, in this stage of development? So some of the key initiatives that the plan is looking at is one of replacing bus routes that are underperforming with a new service called microtransit. And microtransit is like Lyft or Uber, where you would schedule a trip using an app. If you don't have a phone with an app, you can call the bus. A small van will pick you up at where you're at and take you where you want to go in various zonal areas. And if you travel within the zone, then you can use the van to go basically pick up and drop off back and forth. But if you need to go outside of the zone to other areas, the van will connect you to a regional bus stop where then you could transfer to the bus that will take you to destinations that are be further out. The plan is also looking at using smaller vehicles instead of the full-size 35 and 40-foot buses. The plan is looking at evening and Sunday service by utilizing the microtransit approach versus traditional transit, simplifying our fare structure, laying out a foundation on how we're going to transition our fleet from diesel and gasoline power to zero emission technologies such as battery electric vehicles, looking at increased marketing to improve awareness of the RABA system, and also looking at how can we coordinate transportation that's operating in Shasta County better. For instance, there is a service called Shasta Connect, which runs services in the inner mountain communities, Bernie, for instance, in Montgomery Creek, as well as down in the Palisadro, Cottonwood, Bella Vista areas. And perhaps instead of having two systems providing transportation, perhaps there'd only be one system that does it all. So you have one unified approach to providing public transit in Shasta County. Interesting. Well, it sounds like there's some real opportunities for positive change to make things more efficient and effective. I'm curious, John, you touched on the microtransit piece. How, whether it be financially or otherwise, how economical is that for a bus authority in, in this instance? From the rider viewership, it's much better, right? It's door-to-door service at your call type of thing on demand. But from the agency or the authority side of things, is that a cost-effective way or it's more costly, but because it's more efficient, it's advantageous? The plan is fiscally constrained. So all of the changes that are being made would basically take into consideration reductions of fixed route services to make the microtransit happen. And then there's additional grants that will be obtained to support the addition of the microtransit service, particularly from a new funding source called the Transit Inner City Rail Capital Program Grant, which will give us basically startup funding to launch microtransit services in five specific zones across Shasta County. I know we've talked about it in the past too, 
John, but with regard to funding, you mentioned that ridership is down pretty dramatically over the past 10 years. Is RABA as a whole financially sound? You mentioned grants. Have you been able to secure additional grant funding? Is the future of the financial side of RABA healthy? Yes, RABA has, is basically covered by state and federal grants. And the current budget is $8 million. It's anticipated by implementing these changes, the budget will grow to $10 million. Um, but it's fully covered. I do want to preface that RABA does get about 8% of its revenues from passenger fares. In the past, it was as high as 15 to uh, 17%. And with the ongoing cost increases of providing public transit services, that's why the revenues that we're getting from the passengers is coming down. However, by having these grant funds from the states and the federal government, is what is helping sustain the provision of public transit. We do not get any local funds from any of the cities or the counties to provide public transit in Shasta County. John, I'm always curious too, from your perspective, having come from other agencies, do you see that that number, whether it's 8 or 15% of ridership helping to fund the authority in this area of Shasta County, where maybe folks are more dependent on cars, we're more spread out, it's less urban, there's maybe fewer bus routes on a whole compared to a, a more urban environment. How challenging is that as the transit manager to come up with a short-range transit plan that takes that into account and, and proves to be effective and successful? It all depends on how the local community wants transit to be. Um, there are some cases where communities our size have public transit that is free and they just have grants cover everything. Particularly in this county, there's a desire to have a return on investment from the passenger. And so for, for what I would expect for a system our size is at least a minimum of 10% would be appropriate, where the 90, 90 cents on the dollar would come from the grants. The plan does anticipate a 26% increase in ridership in the urban area and a 40% increase of ridership in the rural area. And that also takes into consideration the fare modifications that would occur to make basically riding the bus easier by having one fare countywide. And that would help us get to at least a 10% fare box recovery system-wide. Interesting. And through your community outreach, have you found that the reason for that decline over the past 10 years, is it the cost or is it the convenience factor of not having a route in your proximity to your place of where you live? Or is it safety? Or what are some of those reasons for that drop in ridership? Primarily, it's the system is not meeting the needs of the current demographics. Uh, so not enough frequency, not enough coverage are some of the fundamental uh, reasons why people have opted to find other means. Now, with the short range transit plan specifically, how does the plan incorporate new technology or innovations to enhance that transit experience? So one of them mentions is the microtransit. It also talks about partnerships with Reading Bike Share. So people who need to uh, get beyond what the bus can do, they can get access to a bicycle and bike to their destination or pick up a bicycle at the originating point and come to the bus. Launching a van pool program where people who are commuting longer distances can share the costs of a van and then they can use that van to get uh, to and from work. For instance, having partnerships with Lyft and Uber and taxis, where when it doesn't make sense to run a bus, perhaps we subsidize trips on those platforms and 
that can be other ways of moving people to, to and from home or work or school. So those are some of the things that the plan is going to be looking at is basically how to build a mobility program that takes into consideration multiple ways of moving people in the most cost-effective manner. I'm curious too, John, I know Robert currently has the Transit app, which is the mobile app. On that front of technology, are there plans to enhance the current app itself? Yes, and we're constantly improving that app as frequently as we can. Some of the things that Transit app can do, in addition to Transit app, we also have the Move It app, is that you can track the buses in real time. So it'll tell you when the bus is actually going to arrive at your bus stop. You can pay your bus fare on those apps. Soon you'll be able to unlock Reading bike share bicycles. You can schedule Lyft and Uber vehicles on those apps. And we're also looking at other ways to perhaps link it to Bird for those that want to use those micro scooters that are scattered throughout Reading. So basically bringing all those tools together in one app basically allows you to basically have one place to get transportation. I love that. It's like a one-stop shop for folks, which which should be super convenient. On the topic of energy efficiency and the environment, uh, are there specific goals or initiatives as part of this plan related to alternative fuels or energy efficient vehicles? Yes. The state of California through the California Air Resources Board requires uh, public transit agencies to buy only zero emission vehicles started in 2029. This plan will lay a foundation for us on how do we start replacing our older gasoline and diesel powered buses to getting battery electric. We already have one battery electric bus in service and we rotate that bus through the various routes. We do intend to get another battery electric bus hopefully later on this year. And then uh, the plan will basically give us a strategy on how to get more battery electric buses incorporated into the fleet. So at least by 2040, will be 100% utilizing zero emissions technology. Got it. That's awesome. Don, on the topic of accessibility and inclusivity, how does the this plan in its current iteration, how does it address the needs of, of the different demographics, including seniors and individuals with disabilities here in Shasta County? So the plan talks about enhancing our Araba demand response to where not only transporting those that have a disability that cannot ride traditional Araba fixed route buses, but they would also, we would also include seniors, 65 years and older, the access to that system. And that would help increase the mobility for seniors that they may not meet the full definition of the ADA, but at least uh, give them door-to-door access to various places. And that service uh, provides uh, door-to-door transportation within a three-quarter mile radius of the robber routes that are in operation. And we're also, as part of the capital plan, looking to transition our vans from high floor vans to low floor vans. So that will make it much easier for people to board and alight from these vehicles. And John, you touched on some of these partnerships that that you're working through right now with CERTA and with the bike share program, and I'm sure with the cities of Reading and Anderson and, and Shasta Lake City. How do these collaborations, as well as the others that you're working towards, how do they contribute to the overall success of this short range transit plan? Uh, since this plan is like their mobility plan, their involvement and their feedback is helpful in us crafting the right mobility solution for those appropriate areas. Like particularly in Shasta Lake, they have had a desire for some form of microtransit service in their city. 
because presently we have a bus route that operates hourly through their city, but it only operates in one direction. So if you wanted to go from, if you want to do a trip within Shasta Lake, you have to ride all the way to Reading first before getting to the other end of Shasta Lake to use the service. Now with the micro transit, someone could just within an area of Shasta Lake, go to another area within Shasta Lake, all within a 15 to 20 minute period, which increases the mobility access of their community. We'll also have a microtransit service in Anderson, as well as two additional zones in Reading, one in the east and then one in the west and the downtown areas. And John, with regard to this plan as a whole and some of these exciting new features and amenities that, that you're talking about. When can folks expect to, assuming that the plan gets approved in, in its current iteration or whatnot, when can folks expect to see some of these new and exciting things come online? Well, the timeline is that we're, we have a RABA board of directors meeting on Monday, January 22nd at 5.15 p.m. at the Reading uh, City Council Chambers, 777 Cypress Avenue. We'll entertain feedback from the public on the proposed changes that are recommended in the short range transit plan. And once we get that feedback, when we encourage the public to attend that meeting, the board of directors will take a vote on the acceptance of that plan or direct staff to modify the plan and return the plan back for their acceptance. And we anticipate that these changes would start sometime in July of 24. Uh, through June of 25. So we'll be implementing these changes over the course of a, of a fiscal year. Got it. Okay. So folks can expect to see those r- relatively soon, it sounds like. On the topic of, of the plan itself with regard to performance metrics, once the plan's established, what performance metrics or indicators uh, will be used to measure this, the success of this short-range transit plan? That's one unique thing about this plan that we haven't done in previous plans is we developed performance metrics for each class of service. The microtransit, rural, inner city, or local routes, and the demand response will all be measured based on passengers per hour, subsidy per hour, and fare box recovery. And those uh, metrics will help give tools to the board of directors on a monthly or quarterly basis on how each of the services are performing. And if we need to make modifications, increase, decrease, or in some cases, they're poorly performing, eliminate those services so we can continue to remain efficient and utilize our uh, tax dollars from the state and the federal government wisely. If I understand this correctly, monthly or quarterly, you'll evaluate things. And then how common is it for during the span of that five to 10 year short range transit plan period for changes like that to to happen and, and take effect? Is the plan expected to be modified? quite regularly? Or is the hope that once you have this plan established with your board of directors and with the community's input, et cetera, that it will hopefully live in its current iteration for for that time period? Normally, you want the plan to live in its current iteration. Of course, from time to time, you can make amendments that you would take that we would take before the board for consideration. But generally, this is the plan that we would like to follow for the course of the five years. And then in, at the end of the term, we would update the plan and look at how conditions are at that time and continue to plan for the future. And I think you've answered this question, Joe, but on that note of kind of future planning and expansion, does this short range transit plan set the stage for future expansion or longer term transit goals? It does actually. If the system is performing well, it does talk about adding additional buses to some of the routes 
instead of running hourly, in some cases, they would go to every half hour, for instance, or it would add uh, services to new areas in Shasta County as the transit demand uh, grows in those areas based on if uh, people continue to move into those particular areas. And I guess if we're talking about expansion, what's the current status? And maybe this is a question more for Serta versus Raba, but I figured I'd pose it to you. What's the current status of transportation from Reading or from Shasta County to Sacramento or the Sacramento airport? I know at at one point in time, there were talks of a salmon runner type thing coming, or for that matter, bus routes even to San Francisco. So Serta is doing a North State bus to rail plan. And as part of that plan, it's going to basically look at the current conditions for transportation between Shasta County and down the I-5 corridor to Sacramento County and come up with the appropriate recommendations that may reflect uh, today's times. We are presently in discussions with the San Joaquin Joint Powers Authority, which operates the Amtrak service between Oakland, Sacramento, and Bakersfield and the associated bus connections state uh, that connects to that train route, including the one to Reading, to where Araba may become the operator of that bus route between at least Reading and Chico initially to connect to another bus route that will take people to connect to the Amtrak train in either Sacramento or Stockton. If that was to come to fruition, it's envisioned that Araba would operate that service sometime in the uh, late spring, early summer of 24. John, it seems like there's a lot of exciting and positive things happening for Raba, especially with this plan. And and looking forward, it, it looks like folks have a reason for optimism. I'm curious, when what's your, say, 30-second elevator pitch as to why someone should try Raba if they haven't, or say they have in the past, maybe didn't have an overwhelmingly positive experience and wrote it off. And what's your pitch to someone who, you know, as to why they should give Raba a shot? We're changing for the better. We are riding clean buses. We have Wi-Fi now on our buses. You can bring your bike, security cameras. We're incorporating technology where you can track your buses, plan your trip all on an app. And should the short-range transit plan be approved, you'll basically have door-to-door service in various neighborhoods in Shasta Lake, Redding, and Anderson. All these changes is definitely just making public transit easier to use and I think it's a great reason for why someone should give Raba a try. Well said. And I guess I'd be remiss too, John. I know we try to push flying local quite a bit for at least for the Reading community to, to utilize the Reading Airport. Um, can you give a, a quick overview as to the new Route 15 and what that means for uh, transportation to and from the airport? Yes. Back in October, we launched the Route 15, which runs a flexible fixed route between the Canby Transfer Point, which is Mount Shasta Mall to the VA home, the Veterans Clinic, and the Reading Regional Airport. And that bus runs 10 times a day, Monday through Saturday. For those that uh, want to fly out of Reading Regional, um, we have a direct bus rest that will get you there. You don't have to deal with the hassles of parking. The bus can accommodate luggage. And uh, it is timed to meet the flights in and out of Reading Regional between 5 in the morning and 8 p.m. at night, Monday through Saturday. And then on Sundays, um, you can use the Shasta Connect Sunday service, which would be a door-to-door service operating throughout Reading, Anderson, and Shasta Lake. So in essence, there's transit seven days a week to the Reading Regional Airport, the VA Clinic, and the Veterans Home. 
Awesome. That's super exciting. So it's I think it's important for folks to remember that when it comes time to, if you don't if you don't want to pay for parking at the airport if you plan on leaving a vehicle or whatnot, definitely explore Rob as a prime alternative for that. John, is there anything else with really related to the short range transit plan that we haven't covered yet today that you want to be sure folks are aware of? Yeah, I just would like to point our folks to our website at robberide.com. And if you click on planning for the future, you can see the short range transit plan, watch a video about the short range transit plan and see the various supporting documentation that led up to the short range transit plan. 